listeners, and welcome to another episode of the WIP12 podcast. Um, I'm hosting it today, I'm Headchime, and we are going to be uh, returning to Hack Islam to do another faction episode. Um, really exciting one today, because I have three different guests with me. Um, I've got Methuselah, um, Persian, and Queen's Gambit, and we are going to be discussing the faction, uh, what we think, like different units and things, and just general impressions and stuff. So uh, first of all, hey guys, uh, how are you doing? Hello. Hi. <laughs> there we go, great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel really fine. Uh, like lately, I've been uh, finding myself in a bit of a like lower spot with Hack Islam, but uh, I will maybe touch on it later. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you, Methuselah, Queen's Gambit? How, are you, how have you been finding things recently? Uh, pretty good. I think I'm in a pretty good spot with Hack Islam, mm-hmm. but I expect that this will be my last season playing them as mm-hmm. I get a little stale list building and uh, mm-hmm. playing similar things. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'm leaving Hack anytime soon. I uh, <laughs> I tried once to pick up a second faction, but I just found I never played it because I always wanted to play <laughs> Hack, so... Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I get that feeling a lot, actually. I went to Ariadna for a bit, and then I came straight back. Um, so, yeah, I'm still on Hack for a while. Um... Okay, well, I have drawn up um, a kind of rough plan of this episode, so I guess we'll just kind of go through it. Um, So I think, is it right to say all of us in this chat have been playing Hack Islam for a while? I know, like, Pajan and I obviously have. Um, What about you two? I originally started with Aleph, in 2019 mm. and moved to Hak Islam in the very start of ITS 13. Okay, cool. Cool, yeah. I started with Hak in... No, I started with Assassins in 2018, and I've just gone back and forth between Hak and Assassins since then, right. but probably more Hak than Assassins. Okay, cool. So we've all got, like, um, at least, I guess, a year and a half, two years plus. So we've been playing Hack for a little while, um, definitely. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, I started with Kapukalki and then quickly switched to Bahram in 2016, and then I went to Interplanetary with uh, Bahram and placed like like lower mid, and then I played Ramach once it dropped in N3 in 2018, mm-hmm. and then almost exclusively Vanilla Hack Islam since 2019 and oh. uh, like into 2020 and the pandemic, and then I participated in multiple online events as Vanilla Hack Islam. Yeah. Most notably, like, my, my high point was, I think, uh, the White Noise Easter tournament where I faced Rob uh, Control in the finals, and we drew, so that I, cool. the, that made me lose the tournament because of OP. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, multiple, like, team events and always uh, the Hack Islam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I am a Saladin enthusiast. Yeah, well, I know you're always talking about Saladin. I haven't quite got on the Saladin train myself, but um, yeah. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, maybe, maybe, we'll see. Um, okay, so so first of all, I guess maybe we should talk a little bit hack, like what Hack Islam is as a faction. So what, what do you guys kind of think um, about Hack Islam from kind of a law and faction perspective? How do you see them? Who's going first? <laughs> I 
Uh, it doesn't really matter if you sort of shout out and stuff because I will remove silences and things. So no, no worries. <clears throat> All right. For me, Hakislam is a very wide faction where you play uh, multiple of different models in various places of the, mm -hmm. the board, and I enjoy it a lot. Uh, having uh, a Swiss army knife like in multiple places in the board, that's how I look in uh, on the Hakislam. Uh, mm -hmm. I have tested uh, and played like different very different armies uh, like Shazvasti, military orders, uh, vanilla combined army and multiple different like sectorias and I took but they, the link teams always are like this uh, like immovable dead weight that like uh, places you in one place of the board and mm -hmm. I enjoy like having the multitude of uh, vectors of attack in uh, in within vanilla Hakislam. Yeah. Also, another thing I really enjoy is really high quality but cheap specialists. Um, and yeah, many like unorthodox ways to engage uh, the uh, the uh, the opponent, the mm -hmm. army. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I guess I'd add we have really good irregulars. Yeah. I think we're unique on that. Um, that it really kind of affects list building and play style and what you can and can't do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely an advantage. Yeah, I think what I like is that they do have so many disposable pieces that can trade up, where if you yeah. lose them, it's, it's not really mm -hmm. a big deal, and they are able to support a few... Um, kind of Rambo key pieces that make mm -hmm. the overall strategy work and they and those pieces by themselves are also extremely good. They remind me a lot of how I think LF was in N3 mm -hmm. where everything has multiple wounds, you have good whip and uh, are able to trade effectively. Yeah, I feel I feel that way. So so I've heard that Hack Islam tends to have quite wide lists that attack from multiple angles. We've got good skirmishers. We've obviously got our impersonators. We've got like pretty good heavy infantry slash excellent heavy infantry, actually. Um, really good light infantry, etc., etc. So there's lots and lots of opportunity. Um, I would say the one thing that mm -hmm. uh, in general Hack Islam mm -hmm. uh, lacks is like the superiority gunfighter. Yeah. Yeah. So in order to leave the DZA, you need to use those different tools like smoke yeah. or impersonators or like, I don't know, even a cautious move. But if yeah. you have a very open table, it might just get very difficult to actually do anything if mm -hmm. you are mm -hmm. countered on those, uh, on those plays. Yeah, I feel for me, one of the strong points of Hack Islam is that you get a lot of really good tools but one of the things that the faction is weak at is there's no really apex kind of premier gunfighter. Like, there's no corrupted, basically, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No agent, no Achilles, um, no anathematic hacker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's quite a different list style, isn't it? Because a lot of N4, well, for some factions, can be. You know, you run you run a tag like a cutter or something, and then lots of things to support it. Or maybe you run a Sujan and a Hacktown, and then lots of things to support it. But when I'm building a Hack Islam list, I often find myself with maybe five different things that are all 
pretty competent, but nothing is quite on that level. Well, Hedgehog, I think you were the first to put your finger on that, and you you wrote a sort of seminal post about it a few months back, which I found pretty influential. And it's really helped me understand my list building for sure. That yeah, there are factions that build around a couple of apex units and a bunch of chaff, and we're one of the factions that does the opposite. We're we're spreading out. Yeah, that's how I think about it anyway. <clears throat> I agree. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's something that I put. Uh, later on, or just thinking to talk about later on, is that there? there's one of the things I like is that there are no cheerleaders in my list. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. unit can go accomplish some objective. Even the flash yeah. pulses serve a purpose exactly. for repeater nets and ARO. Yeah. So, um, and they're the closest to a cheerleader that I think I have in my typical list. Everything else is capable of yeah. of doing yeah. something. Yeah. 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 My, my, my chief cheerleader is Saladin, and that's about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, someone once told me in N3 many years ago that, you know, the difference between a mediocre Infinity player and a very good Infinity player is that they recognize how to use all of the resources in their list. Like, how how would you actually use a cheerleader to be effective? And I think Hackerslum is the faction that really embodies that because my list has virtually no cheerleaders. Everyone does something. Even a Bereed, you know, is actually a very, very competent um, hacker and it's 15 or 17 points. You know, <clears throat> and even in their active turn, they're not a ter- the worst gunfighter. No, they've killed no. planes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it's still a BS twelve gunfighter, and you know, even though we might have, <laughs> might not have absolutely apex gunfighters, we can't complain about things like Muktars and Asawira. You know, it would be a bit ludicrous to complain about them. So. Yeah, we have some really good value gunfighters. Yeah, like they're they're not top tier in power, but their their point reduction is more than mm-hmm. their power reduction from the top. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I think like the, this this exact thing uh, is also what causes me the most uh, lately problems with list building. Uh, because I need to account for multitude of options versus opponents and tables and missions, and every piece uh, plays a role. And like mm. changing one piece often like requires changing other pieces. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think like yeah I agree with like having um, like one two maybe two x two spots for like vanity picks in Pakistan, uh, but mm-hmm. even them for me uh, are very crucial for the for the role mm-hmm. uh, yeah so I went a bit too far I, I think into uh, like countering like what causes me problems so mm-hmm. I think I lost a little bit of what uh, made uh, it enjoyable for me to build lists now and I'm, I'm yeah. trying to find my way back into it I, I think that makes sense. When when I think about my hack Islam lists and how I'm running them, I think there's something that makes them simultaneously strong and weak at the same time, which is that I have a lot of single pick or one-off answers to things. So I have a Ghazi with a Jammer that's quite good against bears and things like that, or the Uber for Commando, because I think they're total immune as well. Um, and I have like a singleton Asawira with the AP Spitfire that might be good against a vanilla tag or a vanilla heavy infantry, you know, something without mimetism. Um, so I've got loads of answers to various problems in the list, but 
but they're all a one-off. So if I lose that Ghazi in the first turn, suddenly my jam is gone. If I lose the Asawira, suddenly my AP is gone. Um, and I think a lot of hack lists can look like that. Not all of them. Some people take more gunfighters, for example. But for me, I have that simultaneous strength and weakness that I have everything, but I have one of everything. Yeah, recently I've been taking almost the opposite approach where I've been trying to spread out my gunfighters in particular over more models, uh, mm -hmm. which means no missile bot because I just don't have the strength for it anymore, But mm -hmm. which is a bit mm -hmm. downside, but uh, but it does make the list a lot more resilient. They can kill the Asawira, but then yeah. they've still got to be the Mukhtar. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, I was thinking, I think one last thing to say about Hack Islam is that sometimes in the community at large, these sort of expensive or mediumly expensive toolbox profiles are a little bit maligned. You know, the profiles that are, they maybe pay a lot of points to be a specialist and to have minds and to be okay at gunfighting and a bunch of other things. But in Hack Islam, I think it's quite different. We have a lot of really premier toolbox pieces that are actually extremely good. Um, I'm thinking about things like the Hunziker, for example, which is super cheap and kind of does a little bit of everything. Um, so, if you're interested in profiles that do three or four different things, Hack Islam has a couple that I think are really, really um, strong. Nemer is a good example of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Recently, the IR as well I've been testing, which I've found is expensive, but not half bad, actually. Um, yeah. Anything else to add there, or do you think we're okay for kind of rough strengths, weaknesses, that kind of thing? If we're, if we're talking about strength and weaknesses, I think I think long range gunfighting should be mentioned as a weakness. Yeah, yeah. like we have it, but it's not like all, all our really great value units are mid range gunfighters or shorter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and and tournament play, I think that can really hamstring you. You might have you might be forced to build lists for open tables and closed tables, or just the list you want to play in open tables. Yeah, and uh, where you might either have to bring a tag or Nalf. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they're good mm -hmm. but they're not i'd say like super premier excellent gun there's a lot of pieces that they really struggle against there's plenty of yep. arrows that they can knock down no problem but there's a few pieces in the game which you might only have a 50 50 or worse yep. odds of taking out and that's not really great for your active turn premier gunfighter yeah and maybe this comes back to the earlier point about there being no absolutely premier gunfighter in Hack Islam. We have lots of really good choices. I'm thinking of things like the Shakush or Nalf or even the Azrael, um, but none of them answer every problem. Right, and one other thing just in general about what Hack Islam is that we didn't touch on is the lore of Hack. Mm -hmm. I'm not super big into lore, but uh, the stuff I have seen on it is pretty excellent, and I think they've uh, CB's done a really good job to tie in several things. I think there's a handful of problem issues but the stuff that i've seen is pretty great and uh i like the tie-ins yeah I, I actually really like the way hack islam is written it's generally pretty solid i think it's a really cool faction i think it's a really cool reimagining of like a cultural um kind of group and yeah that's that was one of the things that attracted me to hack islam originally actually yeah, I think it's a bit of a, from a perspective of like a white boy European slash American uh, take on uh, the culture. Uh, so I think it might, there might be some like uh, things that are very flattened or like misunderstood, but mm -hmm. like it makes me feel like a good guy playing Hack Islam. 
<laughs> Unless I'm playing Assassins, then I'm a good guy for with a plan. Uh, that may just not look like being a good guy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Or unless you're playing Guidance, then you're not a good guy. Hey. <laughs> um, all right. So I think we've done the start of the episode about kind of a rough, broad overview. Should we go into sort of personal opinions about lists and how they work and what we're taking, what we're not taking, things like that? Um, we can. Seems like a good idea. Um, so before this episode started, um, I looked at a couple of lists provided by you guys. So I went through them and I've, you know, obviously gone through a lot of lists before. I think I did a post about this at Christmas or something. I can't remember. Maybe one in January. But a um, couple of pieces that we'll probably cover and talk about very quickly. Um, you know, it's very common to see the Asawira with that AP Spitfire. It's a very common piece. Um we have uh, a lot of very useful um, skirmishers. The Hunzukut comes up a lot. Um, sometimes you'll see things like the Alhawa Hacker, um, which is a sort of moderately taken pick. Um, my cat just knocked over my bag. Um, the we have really good warbands. So um, the Ghazi, the Mutawir with the Jammer is very popular. It's a really nice defensive pick. It has smoke. It has AP on that boarding shotgun, which can be useful as well. Um, and then, of course, for days, for days, make it into virtually every list. So we've got a couple of good gunfighters, some nice irregulars, um, and then the skirmishers as well. Um, anything else that you would put into that list of um, very, very common inclusions? Saladin. Saladin. Should we talk about Saladin? Because I don't get Saladin. So oh, why so don't good. why don't you guys like just tell me why I should be taking Saladin? Yeah, person, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but the things that I think he does is he and uh, Hawk has so many very, very good irregular troops, and he lets you bring pretty much as many as you want. So I, I often have six irregulars because he brings you an extra regular order through Stratagos, and he brings he allows you to move troops for free every turn with his Stratagos. So he, I think, effectively brings like five extra command tokens because he lets you reserve an extra, move someone every turn, and he's plus one command token to start with. So um, I think those things just fuel the things that are already good about Hak Islam, which is primarily... Uh, the amount of really good irregular troopers that they have. Um, plus, he does okay to defend himself with having pseudo two wounds and a repeater and a nanopulsor. Yes, I think Saladin uh, feels like if you were playing with nine command tokens during the game because of all the uses, if you get uh, like extra reserve, if you were to spend command tokens to put extra reserve and turn uh, move between the groups and like his five command tokens, then it comes up to like nine command tokens. Uh, and he is expensive. He gives you extra orders, yes, but he's expensive. And uh, he costs the same as the Mokhtar, or almost the same as Asavira, or more than Nauf. So you are basically losing one of the guns if you take Saladin, not on SWC, but if you slot in uh, a missile bot, uh, into the list, then those are the SWC and points that you could have used instead of Saladin if you just used Asawira uh, AP Spitfire Lieutenant uh, then you could have another gun and 
that's like the cost of Saladin for me. Uh, it's also slots in with the missile very nicely because of the repeater. So because he starts with a repeater. So it, it basically a list with Saladin for me is a list with missile and hacking. Yeah, I see it a little differently um, because I'm fitting all my guns in along with Saladin. And that's kind of one of the reasons he fits so well with hack, I think, is because, like we said before, we don't have any Apex stuff, so we're not spending 70 points on a tag or Achilles or a Sijon or whatever. Uh, what we are spending points on is really cheap irregulars. And, and our irregulars are so good that we want to take them mm-hmm. any, anyway. But but I find I have the points for Saladin. There's I've got a list where I've looked at it and thought and tried to take Saladin out just to try without him and see how it goes. But I haven't found anything that I want to upgrade. Right, like everything in my list is what I want, and I still have the points for Saladin. I agree. Like th- that's the point. Like empowering the uh, irregulars. And something else that he does so well is there's so many pieces in Hop which are either have regeneration, no wounding cap, or dogged that you almost always have a, a when something dies, the space is available in group one, and he lets you fill it up. So I find that I almost always have a full group one uh, to keep pouring orders into whatever I'm going for in that turn, and he just facilitates that. He allows me to do it, and he adds an extra order on top of that. So often mm-hmm. I'll have 11 orders or maybe 12 with uh, the tackleware that comes with this season. Yes, like the normal, the normal, like the good game with Saladin, uh, you should lose like uh, five or six guys during the first two, uh, two turns, and they should be all irregular and die leaving a spot. And then you start uh, the last turn with uh, as uh, Asawira with eleven orders. Right. So, so I guess Saladin is reasonably points. Um, hungry. I think he's thirty-six or seven or something. So you pay quite a lot of points for him, but then because of the extra command tokens, um, because of the fact that he allows you to move pieces between groups and the extra order he provides, he basically powers up everything else in the list that you choose to spend orders on. Is that the way that you see it? Yes, you can comfortably play with uh, five Mm -hmm. or six irregulars uh, Mm -hmm. with Saladin. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Shall we? What would you rather look at specific lists now, or do you want to talk about things that are a bit less played in hack? What would feel better? I think like we all had like some very uh, staple lists yeah. uh, posted that mm-hmm. we feel comfortable, and they are using similar pieces. So I think yeah. we should discuss them first. Okay. Um, why don't we? quickly go through a list each um don't necessarily have to talk about every single thing in turn but we can just talk about roughly what the list does and and how it functions does that sound okay yes um i might as well start with mine um so interestingly on mine i don't take saladin um i cheap out on my lieutenant and i just take a basic line infantry gulam and then i take a spare one um which fills up another slot for an order and Um, gives me a decoy Um, and the interesting thing about that decision is because I save a lot of points taking two gulams in in two slots I have enough points to have a vanity pick so I'll I'll go into that vanity pick in a a second Um, but my list always starts with skirmishers so I take a fide obviously impersonators are extremely strong Um, we seem to favor the 
for day with mines. It's a very common inclusion. It's really annoying, obviously, putting mines in someone's deployment zone. Uh, I take an Alhawar hacker. Camouflaged hackers are great. Um, and then in terms of my gunfighters, I've got the Asawira. Asawira gives you an AP Spitfire, pretty straightforward. And the Mukhtar gives you a Red Fury, less powerful gun, but it has MSV. So that's good at hunting enemy um, camouflage units. Finishing up with some Irregulars and some Chaff and stuff. So I have the Mutawir, the, the Ghazi with the Jammer, just to defend my deployment zone. Um, I've got a Hunzakot in my list. So that's a skirmisher that can put down mines and repeaters. So it really powers up my hacking game. Um, I take a Liberto Mine Lair, just because mines are great. And then I have Zuleika, which is the um, the Nightmare Biker that has crazy good close combat. Um, I also run a Guided Missile Package that combos with the Hunzakut, which puts repeaters down, and the Alhawar Hacker. And then finally, as a, as a hard ARO, I have the, the Nadir, which is a hidden deployed um, Ford Observer with a Flamenge Spear. So that's a really nice one, because obviously opponents don't know where it is. So my vanity pick, because I save points on not running Saladin, I have enough points spare to... I usually have somewhere in the region of 40. Um, and recently I've been playing the IR, which is the Assassin's Heavy Infantry that has um, Hollow Projector. Um, I've been taking the Hidden Deployment one with the Panzerfaust, which is a really um, kind of gross BS-16 Panzerfaust ARO if someone's not in cover. Um, and it's also a hidden deployed zapper, so that's an EM template, and obviously EM templates are really terrifying to heavy infantry, so if something does, God forbid, get into your deployment zone, you've got that that option there. Uh, and it's also a specialist, so it helps on button pushing missions. So that's my list. A um, couple of gunfighters, some hacking, guided missiles, um, and then some decent AROs, and that's that's how I run hack. Okay, I see you, you are very good defensively with Hidden Hacker and uh, IR and uh, another Nadir. Uh, how do you usually approach attacking with this list? How do I approach attacking? Um, yeah. So if What's... there's a really strong ARO presence, then I have to go after it with the Fide first, and I'm in trouble if I don't get it, because then I have to cautious move. That's about it. Um First turn, I mean, it really depends on the mission. I'll either press some buttons or I'll approach with the Rafik and Asawira. I actually tend to throw away my Asawira um, on turns kind of one, two. I don't really know why. I just feel like it attacks really well because it has stealth. Um, the Spitfire is really good if it gets into sort of close to medium range. It's so robust, it can take a, a template and keep going. And obviously, if you do get unlucky, it has regeneration. So it can be pretty gutting if the opponent kind of gets rid of it and then it comes straight back up. So uh, I actually often go for an Asawira push on turn one if the Fide doesn't work. Do you duo it with Rafik? I do, yes. I duo it with Rafik, so it has the tack aware order. Yeah. Um, I think my groups are a bit wrong on the list that I posted. It has the Garzian group one instead of Zuleika, so I usually have the biker in mm -hmm. group one as well. Okay. Um, push push the biker forward if I need to. Um, Methuselah, do you want to go through yours? Sure. So I run a... I've been running this list pretty much since the start of uh, ITS 14. I've played it in, I think, every tournament that I've played, and it after some tweaking this is kind of where i've landed and i, I have a uh, the 27 point fide with mines i super rarely use mines but when i am able to use them they're very effective um and also i'll just take the extra point for zone scoring missions i run a guided missile package also with a breed killer hacker who in its turn can kill i think any hacker in the game uh, you're also able to put down repeaters pretty sufficiently with its pitcher or the hunzakut which i'll discuss later and I also run the Hawa Hacker. 
Um, I used to run the regular Bereed hacker, but I found the Hua is a bit safer. And in, when you're going up against factions who don't care about being hacked so much, it is a very serviceable specialist. In the midfield, it can uh, take out targets with a boarding shotgun when it needs to, um, but often I won't spend any orders on it. Also, just sit somewhere in the midfield or maybe click a button. Um, I have Saladin. Uh, very capable lieutenant. I run Mooktar with MSV2 Red Fury, which I think is my favorite profile in the game and is uh, pretty commonly my turn one alpha. I, what I'm surprised about in this piece is I thought it would not be able to engage many targets because it's only damage 13 on Red Fury, but it turns out it chews through pretty much anything up to armor three um, just because it's so capable of winning the face-to-face it will be more order intensive to take out those targets but it's still able to do it because if you put down smoke or you're shooting the the opponent pretty much has to dodge in many cases um, i run rafiq which i can duo with that mukhtar or i can duo with an Asuera spitfire i run both the sisters who like yeah, and zamira which are pretty much my options for a single target, like tag removal or heavy infantry removal or going after link teams. Um, I run a Mutt Jammer uh, for defense, specifically against bears or things like Cooper Fall Commandos or just generally stopping Alpha Strikes on one of the wings, and it's typically paired next to Saladin. Um, and then in my group two, I run a ton of irregulars of a Hunzakut, a Flashbot, a Liberto Mindlayer, one of the sisters, and a Nadir. Um, and those are pretty much all defensive pieces, which will just get slotted into my group one as pieces are eliminated or will try to blunt an alpha attack uh, in turn one if I'm not going first. Yeah, that's a really interesting list. And actually, it shows how it's it's almost a mirror of my list, but with Saladin taking up the points that the IR would take up and then you've kind of slotted in Bereeds and more skirmishes. So that's that's a really interesting contrast between what happens if you do and do not run Saladin. Yeah, I see you're running then orders in group one. Uh, so it's it's fine when you're attacking, like you just don't use the ability in the first, group, first turn. Uh, but what happens if uh, the stuff that dies isn't the stuff that is uh, leaving the spot? What's that? What what happens if you are defending and the things that die in your list in the group one don't leave the spot for um, using the command token? Yeah, it definitely does happen. Sometimes like the Fide will go unconscious most often. Um, mm-hmm. it's in my group one because I want to be able to spend uh, multiple orders on it without my opponent, you know, stripping away too. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was in group two. And uh, usually I spend Seldon's skill to move that piece to group two for future turns mm-hmm. so i will be it will hurt in that turn that i'll only have nine okay, spots or i'll have to spend an mm-hmm. extra command nice. token to move something over mm. makes sense cool uh what about you um gambit what's what's your kind of list at the moment what are you on a lot of ways very similar to the two we've already looked at so i won't repeat what you both have already said but I think the big difference in mine is that instead of the guided missile package I'm running now, um, we're running up against the SWIC limit, right? We can't do both um, and do all the other things that we all want to do. Losing the guided missile is a downside uh, for sure because it can deal with things that it's hard for a hack to deal with otherwise. But I've been finding Nelth really helpful recently. 
uh, and he pairs really well with the twins. I have both the bikes in group one, and the, the basic idea is can they defend against both bikes? And if they can, can Nauf, ta- can Nauf and the Fide take out enough for one of the bikes to get in? Right, right, you right. Know, okay. the, the basic plan is make them spread their defense <laughs> thin enough <laughs> that they can't stop both bikes, and Nauf, is, Nauf really pairs well with those two right. bikes. Right, okay. Like, um, so tell me, tell me a little bit more about Nalf. I mean, of course, I've I've been shouting about Nalf for a while. Um, what what does he offer for you? I mean, why would we take him? Yeah, no, you're you've been a uh, you know, two years ago you were you were running Nalf in every list, and I was skeptical, and now I'm running him, and you're skeptical. But um, it's funny how these things go in phases. He's not an apex gun fighter, funnily enough, despite having both MSV and mimetism and BS13, um, but. You know, there's a lot of things that he doesn't want to shoot at because um, he's very flimsy uh, and uh, will you know he's, he's like a tissue paper, but he's really good at taking out the chaff. Something like a, a war core or a flash pulse flash or um, an HMG your opponent is set up because they're getting cheeky because they think hack doesn't have anything long range. And, um, you see a lot of that stuff, and any of that would stop an alpha strike. But now for just the mm-hmm. leader in one runner. Right? Yeah, that makes group. sense. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the list that I posted, Nalf is the only regular order in group two, right? He's yeah. He yeah. So often he only needs one order to do what he's gonna do on turn one or yeah. on turn one to convert to regulars and then then he's done and then probably never use him again. Maybe leave him up on ARO, maybe put him yeah. back down. But uh, he's just that key. He's not using any orders from group one. Nope. So he's just taking out a few things, and then you still got all of Group One to spend on the bikes. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's a really good strategy. I actually I had an experience at a tournament a couple of weeks ago now where I wasn't running Nalf, and I played against Mo, and they took three Flash Pulse remotes, which you know obviously they would do. And I just had the Mukhtar and the Asawira, and I could kill them, and I did, but it was a bit of a pain in the ass. And I remember thinking to myself, if I had Nalf, they would be dead in three orders, like literally three orders, and they would all be dead. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of Nalf. Um, I think I moved away from him just for SWC, which we've said a couple of times, you can actually hit your limit in, um, in Hack Islam if you want to get greedy with guided and hacking and guns and, um, the Liberto and things like that. You can hit Swick quite quickly. Mm-hmm. I almost think we're more likely to than a lot of factions, right? I mean, you, you think of something like Pano as being a big squick hungry faction, but the fact is, if you're pouring 80 points into a tag, you know, you're you're kind of that's still only one and a half a, a squick, right? So because and we've talked about it already, because we're spreading out our gunfighting over more units, I think we're actually more squick hungry in some ways than a faction that has apex gunfighters. Right. I mean, we have a lot of 30 to 40 point units that are going to cost us one or one and a half squick, and you can take loads of them. So. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I would define a squick hungry, hungry faction as the one that downgrades Liberto to uh, uh, the um, SMG1. Non, the non uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, th- that's the one uh, thing I will never do in Hack Islam. So we are not uh, that hungry. I've I've done it. I've I've done exactly that actually to fit in a Namur Spitfire and a guided package and an Asawira, etc. etc. Um I stopped doing it quite quickly, but I have done it. Yes. <laughs> um, My now list yeah. does not have a Liberto at all. Wow. I know. Well, we're really, I, we're I ran off meta. it exactly one time. We're off meta now. 
Um, uh, Pajan, do you want to discuss your list? All right. Yeah, so my list is actually a thing that evolved as an answer to factions that bring a tag and then they just deploy it on in the middle of the board or like middle de- deployment zone, look at the hockey slam and laugh. Uh, so I started including Azrael first like as a meme and then I actually started uh, to get some mileage out of that. Uh, but it requires a lot of uh, other pieces around it, uh, most notably a doctor. Uh, so I started including Asawira Doctor as a mobile specialist uh, for both the Mukhtar and the Azrael, which a bit limits the um, potential of actual deployment because basically with Saladin you keep the Azrael and Fide if you are acti- uh, acting first, but the position of the Asawira Doctor defines like the whereabouts of like zone of control or where the Azrael will drop. Uh, but since Asawira Doctor is most likely paired with a Mukhtar in a duo, uh, this actually makes people deploy tags overlooking the Mukhtar. And that's a great bait. Uh, and then you just plonk the Azrael and see them like twitch a bit. Uh, because Azrael, yeah, let's talk a bit about the Azrael. We don't have the premier gunfighters, but if Azrael hits, Oh man, uh, yeah, it hurts. Uh, it has problem winning face-to-face rolls, and what I've been doing is, uh, for example, where the opponent is deploying like flash pulls bots and tag overlooking, I just ignore all the flash pulls. Uh, I I know this exchange will not be efficient in the orders uh, because the Azrael will not win face-to-face was as like a premier gunfighter would uh, but he, he only needs to win one uh, exchange uh, on the most uh, accounts uh, and I, I chose choose the foyer back on several uh, grounds one of them is uh, the HMG is just not delivering it, like it's winning more face-to-face rolls on paper, but he's not delivering enough damage. And uh, the foyer bug, when you are shooting attack, like one die versus your three dice, if he whiffs, then there's a good chance he will deliver two uh, AP double action shots. And that is often enough to like, send a uh, fresh salamander into unconscious straight. And that's what you want, because uh, you don't want the attack to duck into total cover. Mm, because then you cannot uh, kill it to the dead state. Uh, and that's why I choose the foyer back. Uh, the rest of the list is just uh, normal stuff with the uh, limited uh, guided package. I only choose one uh, hacker to not invest too much into it because, you know, uh, the pitchers and killer hackers happen. Uh, yeah, and I started deploying to Hunzakuts, which I was very excited about. But having played this list a little bit, I'm missing the Farzan, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I just I just wanted to quickly contextualize the Azrael for listeners that aren't aware. So um, the Azrael has BS13, which is pretty good, but it doesn't have any MSV and it doesn't have mimetism. So when it comes to actually rolling that face-to-face roll, it can have some problems, particularly against targets with mimetism or targets that just have high ballistic skill. But the thing that the Azrael does really well, of course, is that it's got plus one damage 
and it has continuous damage on all its guns. So you can either take an HMG with lots of burst, or you can take the foyer back, which is double action if it hits. Um, and uh, yes, that's right. And and of course, Persian's right. You know, this this piece is less likely to win the face to face roll. But if you just get one dice through, you've got plus one damage, continuous damage, AP. It's really quite terrifying. Um, and it is it's quite it can be quite a nice tag killer because tags most of them tend to not have mimetism and things. They just you know, someone plops one down, particularly the Salamandra and stuff like that. Um, and the Ezreal can deal with it quite quickly. Well, relatively quickly. Well, yes. Like, uh, the Doctor is a must because you have to clear the stunt. Uh, in, if you take exchanges like overlooking like a Warcore or a Flash bot and a tag, then you just ignore everything else by the tag, but then you just have to account for spending orders to clear states. Uh, or heal the Azrael because he will go unconscious definitely and most likely in your active turn as well but but this is like the thing like normally like Hakislam has to rely on like smoke and like gentle moving but sometimes you just don't have the option and just I, I've been experimenting with Azrael and I think it found like a firm spot in my lists. Uh, maybe not with always Azrael Doctor, maybe just with a regular Gulam Doctor and Nasmat sometimes. But that, that's the one piece that actually made me return to Doctors. That's interesting. That is interesting. Um, so we've kind of hinted at this, but uh, Methuselah, Queen's Gambit, do you want to come in a little bit on like how the lists play? Because Pajan's been talking a little bit about you know how to remove tags and other ARO pieces and things like that. How how are we playing our Hack Islam lists most of the time? Sure. Something I really like about Hack is you love to go first, and you don't mind if you go second because they have so many good alpha vectors between the the two sisters of Zulek and Zamira. You have uh, usually a smart missile launcher package that can take out strong overwatch pieces or tags. You have Mukhtars, Esawiras for days. So you have lots of different vectors where you can go and attack. Um, but if you're forced to go second, you have a lot of things that have smoke that can just shut down attacks of MSV. You have jammers, you have lots of midfield things with mines, and you have a decent um, turn zero repeater network, but it's limited to your deployment zone typically. But it's often enough to scare away heavy infantry or tags from coming too close to you. So I think it has a pretty strong pseudo-null deploy where you can watch limited angles or use a Nadir uh, to surprise your opponent. And if they don't have the right piece, Nadir can totally shut down someone's alpha. So um, good on both sides, really. Cool. So we're, we're covering our deployment zone with some short-range AROs and repeaters. And then what we're really trying to do in our active turn is use our various tools such as for days guided things like that to clear out AROs and then we might maybe push forward with some mid-range pieces like the bikers or a Mukhtar or something like that yeah absolutely mm -hmm. um would you add anything else uh gambit not a lot i my sort of overall approach is i find it really helpful to plan my strategy really in detail in advance. I know we talk about how flexible hack is, but I actually find that just it, it suits me to know going in how I'm going to play it. Uh, easier than making the decision. So so I'm very much like, if I go first, I'm reserving now and I'm reserving the Fidei, the Saladin. And I'm putting one bike on each flank and I'm putting the Asawira on one flank and the Mukhtar on the other. And I'm saying defend against these threats. And then when they come down, I'm saying 
where can Nelf go? Where can Mr. Tay go? Where can I clear a hole? And I'm going to send in a bike. I'm like, that's what I'm doing on turn one. And if I don't do it, I usually regret it. Um, right? Like, even at the time, it seems like I have a better idea. When I think back to the game, I'm like, no, I should still send in a bike. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm doing turn one. I'm not, I'm not usually rambling with the uh, Sawira. I agree with you, Hedgehog, that it can work really well, but um, it's so good on turn two. When the opponent has spread in, when, when your opponent has spread into the midfield, the Asura is just kind of like, oh, you're in the midfield now. Hello. Um, well, I mean, it's um, funny because I've actually had a lot of luck running Zuleika on turn two. So yeah. I think what we're both saying is that actually you have the choice, really. I have one thing to add to that uh, is that whenever I don't use my irregulars in turn one and two, to attack, uh, I regret that mm. very, very badly. So use your irregulars offensively as soon as you can. Yeah, I think, I, I do wonder if we're slightly coming at this from an aggressive angle though, because I've just attended two tournaments recently where a lot of the missions were things like countermeasures and um, some of the old ITS missions that had like uh, seven or eight buttons, if anyone can remember back that far. Um, <laughs> And yeah, exactly that kind of thing. And in those missions, I really was leaning quite hard on a very limited strike with uh, with um, a piece like an Asawira and then just pressing things with Hunzakuts and stuff like that. Um, so I, I found my plays changed a little bit moving into um, very specialist heavy missions, personally. Mm-hmm. Well, that that actually raises a good in in those missions. It's fair enough. I have been known to not to hold back the bikes, but the Rafik. The Rafik is the hero of going yeah, first yeah. in those missions, right? Yeah. He can very like he's doing with the Asawira and you know the Asawira will come along if needed, but half the time the Asawira will stay home if there's no one from the shoot at, and the Rafik is gonna go push some buttons, censor whatever mm-hmm. they've got in the midfield. Be a repeater. Yeah, be a exactly. repeater. Yeah. yeah, be a repeater. Even without guided, there's things you can hack. I got a syndic yeah. boat with one the other day. Um, nice. And um, and then it's got a shotgun, mm-hmm. right? Like it's sixteen mm-hmm. point specialist. It pushes some buttons and then it's fourteen. Shotgun, fourteen, fourteen, yeah, fourteen. Right, 14. Yeah, 14. right, yeah. right. Yeah, you're right. The other everyone else gets fifteen and doesn't get a shotgun. We pay fourteen, we get a shotgun, and yeah, you know, when you're done pushing buttons, just go template someone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's because shotguns are bad. Shotguns yes. are bad. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, like I, I noticed that you both, uh, you all like run Fides in Group One for Alpha Strikes. I usually and, and even missile bots in Group One. And your your Group Two is usually more for like filling up Group One and uh, being the Aeropies. I I usually feel bad not using the not having the option to use piece of group two uh, for something uh, so I usually I decided uh, like over the over the uh, years to s- slot like both Shaitania uh, the missile bot and Fide into group two uh, to start with uh, because it might make the opponent to cut down the orders from group two to make the Fide run ineffective but a good fide only needs like two command tokens spent on attack and you start with five and that's completely fine uh, and missile bot will not be shooting anything in group one and if there are no targets for missile bot or fide then i can always place a repeater with hunzakut or clicker console or like advanced liberto uh, so yeah that's what i've been approaching 
the thing that actually really revolutionized my group too was the hunter cut to be honest because um it spends its irregular order doing a thing like placing a repeater and then if you have just one regular you can recamo it or you can keep going um so that changed my group too quite a lot I often use the Hanzuku as what I'm going to do in my turn one for group two. And I'll basically run directly towards an arrow piece. If they want to discover me, then I will forward observe them. Yes. <laughs> and I love if it. If not, then I'll keep moving until I can drop a repeater next to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really strong. The Hunziker is one of those pieces that people don't talk about a lot outside of Hackerslam. Like, if you're not a Hackerslam player, you, you, you know, people tend to complain about the Asawira. They don't complain about Hunzikers, but to me, they're actually one of the strongest pieces in the faction, I think. Well, yeah, the Druza also enjoy them. Mm. Mm. And the shots. <clears throat> yes. Um, well, everyone's just yeah. complaining about Hacklings, which are even stronger, right? Yeah. 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 Hunziku also, I think, are decent defensive pieces. They're like a slightly worse Liberto. They yeah. still have light shotguns. They can still drop mines. They have rifles so they can blunt an attack. Yeah. And if they do die, they're only 18 points. You don't mm. mind that much. Mm. regular. Yes, I, I agree. I actually had a confrontation at this event. I played another MO player who moved in like uh, a Knight of Justice or something to kill the Hunziker, I just dropped a repeater as an ARO. And, like, they were in massive trouble at that point, um, which was quite funny because actually dropping a repeater and sacrificing your Hunziker can be a really, really powerful play sometimes. Yes, like, reactively, <clears throat> if I go second, I often reserve uh, Hunzakut and something with Saladin, not the Fidei. Uh, because, like, I need to uh, know where the tag will go or, like, the heavy infantry strike. Mm. That is interesting that sometimes we might choose to reserve our utility pieces with t- repeaters and things rather than our gunfighter because that's just how Hackerslam plays sometimes. That is interesting. I almost yeah. always reserve Saladin and something else, and that something mm. else is often a jammer. Uh, I, I would like to t- talk about something else. We all, the all Saladin enjoyers, we all run Saladin, well, but uh, exactly zero chain of command. That's a good point. Uh, and yeah, I found uh, that it is really hard to kill Saladin uh, in a very good layered hacking slam defense. And if somebody can, then okay, it's to uh, turn off loss of lieutenant, then you lose some stuff, but you never gain like the benefits uh, of Saladin back with Chain of Command, so it's just better to roll with the punches and then have like a, a Savira Lieutenant on turn three. Um, aside from that, uh, yeah, like you can even defend versus like Peter and missiles with Fide if you if you need really need to. Uh, I've done that uh, on several occasions. I, I personally find the Nadir and stuff is quite good against pitchers and stuff because it's hidden deployed, so the opponent mm. can't just plan the precise route they need to take to put the pitchers down. Um, I'll often try and, you know, attempt to get a shot off at Bit and Kiss in combined. I mean, the Nadir dies after that to the Kronted, but at least you have a chance. Um. <laughs> yeah, same. I used to run the Chain of Command far as Zen, but I found that Selden didn't often die. It's the same thing. 
and that mm -hmm. when he did, it just wasn't worth it. I also find it's not really worth it to my opponent to often kill Saladin unless it's very order efficient because of the defense you can put around him. So it's often taking an entire turn to kill 36 points. And I also found playing Hawk, I am much more comfortable playing with a ton of irregular orders. Mm -hmm. It has trained me to be able to efficiently be constrained in that way. Yeah. Now and when I, I play I other factions... Managed... Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, now when I play other factions, uh, I will easily slot in you know, two or three irregulars, where previously I would have 15 regular orders in mm -hmm. every list. Hawk has trained me to be... It's totally okay to have more irregulars in almost any army. Mm -hmm. And if they do kill Saladin, then... Well, if, if they manage to get to him, then it probably means their attack is strong enough that they would have won anyway, even if they didn't put you in muscle lieutenant. I mean, Bitten Kiss are a good example, right? If they're, if they get their repeaters down, sure, they might kill Saladin, or they might just kill the Asuera and the Mukhtar on one of the bikes. And, you know, I don't care that I'm not a muscle lieutenant at that point. I've lost the game anyway. Yeah, like, sometimes you, that is the case. <laughs> I, ha I have several times, uh, if I go versus uh, an automatic list with pitchers and uh, missiles, uh, like willpower 16 combined army, I know what I'm going against. Uh, then I deploy like a, a circle of like Asawira, Mukhtar, uh, Mukhtar Hacker, and like Saladin, and they just scratch their head, and then I as a reserve drop, as I plop a prone fide in their middle, and they are completely missile-proof. Yeah, that is one of the plays, isn't it? If you're going against Guided, you have to hold back that fide and see if you can just um, get that off. I think, actually, Queen's Gambit and I once had a discussion about how miserable it was to play against Bit and Kiss, and how... Was that? I, I don't know. And how you have to sort of... A lot of things have to go right. Like, you hold back the fide, you try and get the Nadir shot off, but sometimes if it doesn't work, that's it. Yeah, I mean, most, most of those players are not worrying about the Nadir, I find. I don't actually think the Nadir, and I, and I think you've said the same thing, Hen Chen, that they're, they're just, they're rolling three dice on those pitches. They don't care that they're dying. Yeah, absolutely. They, get some, but they still get pitches down. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is, right? They're, it's a challenge, but I like a challenge. I don't mind <laughs> that I'm losing more than I'm winning against combined. Um, you know, we'll figure out how to do it, and there's there's things you can mm. do, and Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but that's the game. Yeah, that is the game. We have like some bad matchups, and combined is very strong right now. Um, I personally, I actually find the Ariadna matchup not too bad, um, personally, um, and I find the Nomads matchup passable as well. Nomads are fine. Yeah, yeah. but that, that's a personal well, thing anyway. <laughs> we've we've got we've got the tools to go after their left running against Nomads, right? And and we and a lot of our stuff's not hackable. Mm. Don't CC a moderator, okay? Don't yeah. don't CC a moderator. <laughs> um, all right, shall I ask the controversial question, the question that has um, angered or, or at least irritated lots of people? Um, how fixed do we think Hack Islam is? Is it solved? It's like two-thirds solved, I feel. I feel we arrived at a spot where the meta is sort of crystallizing and you can sort of deduct with good amount of certainty what each faction will bring to the table as the premier attackers and uh, there is a lot of hackable stuff so there is a lot of incentive to include hackers uh, then there is a lot of pitchers missiles and stuff to, to kill hackers and key pieces uh, so you have to account for that and 
I think with Saladin and several good gunfighters, like most of your list, if you go for the Saladin, of, of course, like approach, uh, most of the list is uh, sort of uh, given, or it looks like. And um, then we arrive at the spot where I feel bad lately about uh, playing Hakistan uh, and Blitz building Hakistan. I, uh, in my regular meta, I feel like all my good opponents, and really, they are really good, uh, they just know the exact things I have on the table and under each camera marker. Mm-hmm. I think, I, think uh, I agree that... Um, some some large amounts of hackers on list does seem reasonably fixed. You know, you're you're probably going to see an Asawari, you're probably going to see um, a Mukhtar, Rafiq, etc., etc. Um, I personally usually have around fifty-ish points free, forty to fifty. So roughly ten percent of my list can change. Um, how do, how do we feel about flex slots, vanity picks, and hack? Like, what what is what is going into list that is more surprising? Um, do you have any points for weird stuff or things that you just personally enjoy? Or do you literally feel like 100% of the list is, is just done? Mm-hmm. I've been uh, changing the list for me, at least uh, for a while, between like everybody and Ariadna. Uh, and then I've started including uh, Vangela combined into the versus something. Uh, so I had I started to try to devise a list that would go both versus Ariadna and uh, Combined Army and it didn't really work well uh, like I have, like I used Lemuet as the AROPs versus Ariadna just to make uh, make them waste some orders and not like advance uh, so willy nilly into my lines with Burrs and Uxia and uh, uh, like other pieces uh, but also like Uxia, like a uh, little known fact, uh, Armand has natural number warrior and counters Uxia um, pretty well. Uh, but then again, like Azrael is like for me my vanity pick uh, versus like tag factions. Yeah, right. Because uh, that, that's about 40 points there, right? And that's not a yeah, usual pick 44. for a lot of people. Yeah, and a lot of people aren't taking that. So that's, you know, over 10% of the list that you have just taken uh, for you because you like it. Yeah, also, if I I, I tried at some point uh, to have a very spicy list uh, where I didn't take Saladin, but instead I took Nadir. Uh, sorry, not Nadir, uh, the Namur. And I loved every moment of playing it. Uh, but then there is no good lieutenant really because I really need the doctor. So the hacker yeah. buried was the lieutenant, and yeah. this is very like walking the the edge of a knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, like mm-hmm. you live or you die. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what what about you to uh, Queen's Gambit Methuselah? I mean, how, do you take vanity picks? Um, how many points do you usually have left over and things like that? Yeah, I would say that I mainly build lists for tables at this point, and I don't really think that I have vanity picks in there. I think it's pretty highly tuned. I think you can build it that way and fit in uh, maybe like 225 points is probably going to stay the same between mm-hmm. most of my lists because the pieces I like in my play style. Right. But outside of that, I'm either picking pieces for like long range or extra defense, like bringing extra jammers or extra yep. sniper yeah. HMGs. Cool. So like now for me is a vanity pick. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. 
Yeah, I think I'm a little unusual in that I like a fixed list. Like, mm-hmm. I think most players like more variety than I, I like to really dive in, figure mm-hmm. out what I want to play, and like play it for a long time. So my list right now is very fixed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, six months from now, I might have a totally different very fixed yet list. Yeah. And, and I don't think yeah. list building generally in hack is fixed. I think we're a little biased because we all are sort of influenced by each other and play similar lists anyway, but I think yeah. there are good players who are not yeah. playing the same lists as us. And just yeah. even, I mean, which, like, the best, everyone knows what the best units are in hack, but you can't fit all of them in the list, and which ones do <laughs> you take, right? Like, yeah. I always take Marines, but some of you guys are taking Hawas, people are yeah. taking Mukhtar yeah. hackers, yeah. right? You know, you take the Asawira and the Mukhtar Red Fury, or is that too many guns? And if you take mm-hmm. one, like some people like the Asawira, some people like the Mukhtar. Yeah. You know, do you take a Hansakut? Um, mm-hmm. Do you take Saladin? Like, mm-hmm. they're all good, but which mm-hmm. ones go on which list? I, I, yeah. mean, I don't think we're done. So, yeah. so are we saying that we're probably, what, like, I don't know, 20, 25% of the list that seems to change around a bit, but there's a core structure that seems to mostly be there? Yeah. I guess I'd say the structure stays the same, but which pieces go and which rules change. Right. right? Okay. Like, yeah. no one's going to build a hack list that doesn't mm-hmm. have a mm-hmm. 8 to 24 inch gunfighter. Yeah. Right? Well, right, maybe it'll right. be the or it'll be the Asawira. Maybe yeah, it'll so be it's... the Namor Spitfire, right? But, right? but every hack player is going to have one. Yeah. But which one? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. So. We've, but we've talked about some of the sort of second-tier interesting picks, haven't we? I, I spoke about the IR and its hidden deployment AROs and things. Um, uh, Pajan, you've spoken about the um, the Azrael and how useful that is as a gunfighter. Does anyone want to just sort of sing the praises of the Namur a little bit more? Because I know that that's been a pick for some people. I agree about the Namur. Do you want to sing the praise? Uh, I'm actually not a massive fan, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but someone else well, can. I, I, who can? Can I? Can I? <laughs> you, 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 you can if you want. Yes. Yeah. I've used the Takaware version, mm-hmm. but you convinced me lately to the cheaper version with Imara that I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, but I still use the Takaware version to a quite a good effect. Uh, mm-hmm. It was uh, in a duo with something. I had two duos uh, and Yazrael in the list, so that was the list with the buried hacker lieutenant, which was very spicy. Uh, but then I had all the guns, and the Namur is like on the active turn with total immunity and mobility it has, like especially in missions where there is like the mm, difficult terrain uh, in this season. Uh, or like the Arctic area, or or the uh, the zero G zones, zero G. Yeah, like yeah. the the total terrain and uh, climbing plus slash super jumping submissions, uh, and moving like seven seven two I think, uh, and dodging plus uh, uh, three uh, with extra distance, and uh, burst to decharges or EM CCW. It's just gross, and it can just dance around core fire teams. It it just single handedly almost yeah. won me uh, a game versus Morats where it just slice and dice, slice and dice. Even we killed Kornak in CC. <laughs> That's um, amazing. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the Azrael is this flex pick, active turn gunfighter. The IR, I'm running it as a specialist and a reactive piece. And the Namur is very mobile. You've got really high movement. You've got uh, climbing plus. Is it super jump or climb? One or, one or the other? It's super. It's uh, climbing plus, but uh, see, because of total terrain. In oh, the you get super jump sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and then you've got really good CC on it as well, haven't you? So um, it's, it's a mediocre CC, but good enough for most of heavy infantry. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. the damage behind that, like with DEM or decharge, is it's enough great. to yeah. yeah. So it's, it's interesting that hack has a lot of flexibility in what that last piece might do. Like you could take another gun, you could take another arrow, you could take another specialist. Um, there are lots of options. I stopped running the Namur personally when mine failed a dodge against two Moran's koalas and immediately died. Um, yes, armor too. That was really, really rough. Like, I thought to myself, well, it's very unlikely I failed the dodge. And then I thought, well, it's very unlikely I failed both saves. Um, no. No. So, there you go. I'm biased now. Yeah. I've also had bad luck with it, where I've played it and been stuck on top of a building on an open table and could not move it. Mm. So, I've not had good experience so far. Yeah. It's a good good comparison. I, I haven't really run the Nimrus, but I've noticed a lot of people do like it. But the reason I'm never running it is when I want something in that role, I'm taking Fiddler. And Fiddler's oh, there. Oh, that's interesting. Clear mm-hmm. those koalas, right? She's just going to use one of her jackpots to clear those two koalas. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, so Fiddler, Fiddler is, cool. is like Azrael points. Uh, no, 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 and uh, Breaker and the uh, Imara. That that's what makes uh, the Namur for me. Like the Imara and Breaker, you just uh, poke at the tag on like a under sixteen inch like uh, range. And uh, yeah, when you when you are at maybe on, at the ten inch range, then what do I do? Uh, and uh, you can dual it. And I've been dueling it with like the Mukhtar. And then you have a specialist with the Mokhtar. The Mokhtar, like, clears the way with a good gunfighting uh, skills for most of the stuff. And then um, the Namur protects the Mokhtar from CC specialists uh, and uh, things that normally would attack the Mokhtar. So uh, warbands uh, and uh, tags that they would just laugh Mokhtar. And then the Namur just stands with the Imarat and say, come at me, bro. Yeah, I mean, one thing the Namur really does do is answer Peacemakers. It's incredibly good against Peacemakers. Um, uh, well, because, everything yeah. else answers Peacemakers, so... Well, every, um, everything that doesn't die to a flamethrower. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, before we wrap up this section, any other sort of secondary picks that anyone has? Any surprising units? Any spice? I would say Al-Jabal over Fidei. Okay. Uh, I would say if like it's difficult to find points, but I'm not running uh, Nam- uh, the Nadir most of the time because I just don't believe in my luck in landing the hit. Uh, so sometimes I'm cutting one Mutavia just to pretend that my list includes the Nadir, uh, and then I can upgrade the um, Fide to Diabel. Yeah. And the sole purpose of upgrading the Fide to Diabel is to deliver the damage on missile bots. To, to absolutely ensure that you kill the missile bot. Yeah, because yeah. you cannot uh, kill an, uh, a missile bot with an engineer nearby uh, versus a good player because there will be mines and like koalas, etc. around. So your Fide will just die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jabel can just 
place templates and it will just burn to create yeah to so so what algebel does over a normal for day is sort of more commonly getting things to the dead state instead of unconscious yeah also you can actually gunfight more oh, yeah. 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 The, bs12 the with primary terms yeah. is surprising damage yeah, yeah so it's I, pretty I, good i found that um for days like impersonators are something with a very high skill ceiling where they can not really lose you a game but can win you a game but against very good opponents they don't get in a lot of damage you can exactly. usually go for something so maybe algebel is better in that way mm-hmm. um but something yeah. else you mentioned is that uh you dropped a mutt to hide uh, the presence of an endear which is a good call but I, i've been finding that i've been deploying my liberto in a place where delami would want to be mm-hmm. with his mind oh, somewhere and it has been pretty effective yeah. in hiding yeah. my nadir People mm-hmm. count my models and markers and go, there's 15, because that's a Delami. And uh, it's been pretty good, you know, more what, than I would expect. What is everyone's obsession with Delami, and why are we not running them anymore? It's gone. I don't yeah, think it's people... Gone. It's gone. I think mutts have taken, retaken their spots. I've, <clears> I've actually been very surprised with how good mutts are in general. They're dogged. If you bring the 10.1, you have a boarding shotgun smoke and a jammer great utility mm-hmm. it, they defend your deployment zone and uh, if you're going first they can impetuous into the midfield to be a nuisance they're just extremely good value whereas i think the delami uh, people have figured out how to handle them which is just shoot them with your best gunfighter and you unless you get crit you win most yeah. of the time that was my that was my criticism yes. of dilami from the beginning is that like the opponent doesn't have to change how they play the game to answer a dilami um Whereas they might do versus the jammer. Yeah, it it is just something that uh, paralyzes people when they first uh, see it, or when they are not experienced. Uh, but an experienced player will not pause over Dilami. Um. All right. Well, I think are we done for lists? Are we uh, are we happy with that? Like. For the metalists, I would say yes, but I would like to uh, have some talk about like my new uh, newfound uh, love of hack again. All right, tell tell me about your weird list then, Persia. All right, tell me about a strange one. Okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, so uh, I devised this little list as a sort of counter to combined army stuff they do, but it's been playing like very. It it was very, uh, very satisfying to play with again, and also like the most satisfying thing about it is uh, just to not be the open book for my opponent again. Uh, so the list is basically a camo spam list where I just took all the camos and then I played the list and then I switched a few things around. And yes, there is a dilemma there just to include the camo count. Uh, in the first iteration of the list, I used uh, the uh, Sunduk boot, but I have not found any much love with it. So so, so far, I, I cut it in, in favor of uh, including the missile, simply because I have three hackers in this list, and two of them are not on the table, and my obvious hacker lieutenant is the bait. Uh, and then I have a chain of command, obviously. So I try to make them go for the stuff that I have deployed on the table, which is like the missile bot and the the, the hacker. Uh, and then 
once they overextend, uh, then the Bokhtar uh, enters. And the Bokhtar has been the MVP of the list, like, many a time. Like, this is the Red Fury Parachutist NCO version. And the Super Jump and MSV1 and Mimetism, uh, this is what makes this profile. It's amazing, I would say. Uh, it is... Uh, like once it only can enter once there is no hacking network because it is not stealthy and it is hackable and has only free BTS and like yeah it will cry uh, within like uh, like if it deploys like within seven inches of a uh, flash pulse bot yes it will get hacked so that's not a good idea uh, but what I've been yeah, this is a list that is like totally outside of like the normal good, uh, uh, I would say, Hack Islam list. It doesn't include Asavira. It doesn't include a Mukhtar. It does include a Liberto. And it does include Hunzakut. Uh, but two, actually. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a very good mis- uh, like list, uh, for like frontline, highly classified uh, countermeasures, like every like firefight, everything you have to maybe not firefight because then they will just kill your lieutenant. Uh, but there is uh, uh, something you can change about it. Like I, I, in the first iteration of the list, I actually used uh, the Havza uh, to be a lieutenant, and then I uh, impersonated a buried killer hacker. Because they don't want to missile a killer hacker, they want to uh, basically they want to killer hack the regular hacker. But they want to, if they want to hack the killer hacker, then it's not hackable. So they land the picture there, and okay, so they can just missile it. Uh, so I think that's actually a really interesting strategy because we know that. There are a lot of very powerful, aggressive factions at the moment, like Combined Army and Ariadna or Cosmo and things like that. But of course, some of the missions do allow you to play a bit more of a passive game and to just move points around. So a camo spam list could be really effective in some situations. Yeah, I, I was afraid at the beginning of the ITS-14 that the Tachimoto will uh, make any like camo spam list or like just camo. Uh, less um, valuable but I have not seen it used actually that much like yes uh, a P-Well will go around and like censor your midfield stuff but then your the P-Well is in the midfield uh, and the P-Well is I think the most dangerous when it's like castle up like on the edge of the deployment zone and shooting pictures and like uh, flash pushing and forward observing everything with the Mimitis minus 6 uh, so if you have the P-Well in the midfield, then you, yes, you can like use your Liberto or Hunza or somebody to like shoot it and template it. And there are engineers are far away. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think this list like actually makes a lot of sense. It is very different, but it has a lot of thought behind it. I just typed a, a thing at the end about helping new players to understand a bit more about Hack Islam and how we might solve different things that the opponent might throw at <laughs> us and how we might think a bit more around the rough strategies that we're um, that we're bringing. So, does anyone want to kind of add to that, or to start the discussion, or to to just you know talk a little bit about approaching Hack Islam as a new player and how the lists work and what we're doing and things like that? I talked a lot right now, so maybe somebody else. I think one of what I mentioned before, Hack Islam's biggest strengths is they're very good defensively. 
So if you're new, you can put jammers into your lists and just basically put one on each side of your deployment zone in total cover and never move it. And it will stop a lot of your opponent's ability to push into you and to kill other valuable pieces or your order generating troops. Um, if you get more comfortable with them, Impetuous and Smoke is also an extremely valuable tool in Hawk. It, Hawk mentioned earlier is not the best at fighting from range so if you're facing strong arrows without msv you're able to throw smoke down for free with your impetuous activations um something i would also say that's good defensively is deployment zone uh repeaters so a fanus uh saladin uh and hacker is kind of a pseudo repeater net uh, hacking range anyways so you're able to cover a lot of your deployment zone with those pieces. If you deploy one in the middle and then one on each side, uh, you're able to, again, stop either tags or heavy infantry from pushing into you. So if you are new, I'd say do that. And then also you're able to deploy those very good gunfighters that we have like Mukhtars or Asawiras. Um, you can deploy them standing up looking at things, but make sure they can't see past 24 inches. If you can do that, those things are able to actually absorb things uh, pushing into them your opponent will have to spend a lot of orders to get into a spot where they want to gunfight them and then they're able to either um, shoot back effectively or uh, fail guts in the cover or dodge in the cover without dying they may take a wound which is totally okay but the, again it's all in the first turn about absorbing the orders of your opponent so they cannot strip your orders for the next turn right so a lot of um, layered defenses in Hack Islam, repeaters, jammers, and then some short range to medium range uh, arrows on some tougher pieces. Yeah, I think the the most uh, you have to make uh, the use of most of the table space you have uh, with, with the layer defense uh, in Hack Islam and make use of not relying on links so if you are defending uh, it is and you have a dual piece it's sometimes uh, not uh, optimal to deploy it in dual range because it will just die to one template so just consider that defensively and speaking of templates almost everything in hawk has a light shotgun or a template so um, you can put those your cheaper pieces that you may not mind losing more uh, forward deployed in your deployment zone, closer to your 12-inch line in cover, but to a place where the soonest something you could see them is when they're coming into the template range so that they'd only be able to see about 8 inches away uh, mm -hmm. onto a wall yeah. or a corner. And then no matter what's coming around that corner, you're going to be able to put a template on it yeah. and try to strip a wound. It's likely going to kill your piece, but you're just there to trade yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. Right. I would like to talk about like the powerful strategies that hack have yeah, fides. Mm -hmm. Okay, so fides need a very precise target. Mm -hmm. They are not like like your bludgeon, they will not kill swathes of infantry. Well if they do, then good for you. But you just have to pick one target for them and mm -hmm. uh just agree uh, that sometimes your fide will just not make it out of there. Yeah. Uh so when you are facing uh, Atalanta or Misselbot or like uh, you have to uh, identify the the key piece in the list. For example, if there is a nomad list that has a Misselbot and uh, Jazz and Billy and no other hackers, then target Jazz because she's the uh, power multiplier of the list and she doesn't have to 
in uh, unconscious states so she can actually die from your templates uh, if there is for example a uh, uh, a combined army list with Dartok Hacker, Beaten Keys, and uh, Camo minus six uh, S5 or R6, uh, then target the missile bot. Uh, because, or, or, or just rather, sorry, sorry, target the Beaten Keys like with the girl because pictures. Um, yeah, just, you just have to know what you can reasonably kill. Yeah. And yeah, that's, so that's, that's the plan. So if you're a new player using a Fidei, try to reserve it. So it should be your held back. So you see most of the opponent's list before you put it down. Try and pick one target. Um, it's obviously most successful and easiest to pick on a target that has one wound. But you can Fidei multi-wound targets with less success. Um, much less. And much, much less success. Um, and try and think about what the opponent's list only has one of. If they only have one of hacker, then maybe go for the hacker. If they're relying on guided missiles, go for the guided missile because it's just a single um, take. And things like that can be quite effective. If they've only got one lieutenant option, you know, try going for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would also add to that is that you don't often need to roll your for day on most Never. tables. Yeah, so there's occasions where you might have like Atlanta or a linked MSV2 sniper on top of a building that you can't walk them up that building because the stairs are clogged up with the rest of the team or there's no ladders or whatever happens to be. In those cases, I might roll, but I almost never roll to put my fidei down. I'll put them on the 12-inch line, not touching anything so that uh, they can't get pinned in from a camo marker and a mine. You can always walk around there and then also, don't be afraid to spend extra orders to move into a position that you can't be seen by anything else. So, uh, fides can at least move 16 inches before they are revealed. You can move, move, even if you're discovered, you can move, move again. So, they have to successfully discover you twice before you're out. So, you can almost always get behind something or get into a space where you can either reimpersonate or throw smoke, um, although you don't need to do those things. Um, but if you're attacking something with multiple wounds, it sometimes makes sense to spend those extra orders to get into their back arc um, where nothing else can see you. So you can CC them multiple times. Uh, for the non-CC models, like hackers, like Jazz was the example, the move is you walk into it to reveal yourself. If they dodge, you CC them. If they do something else to you, you can lay down two light shotgun templates, and you're pretty much guaranteeing they're taking at least two damage 14 saves and uh, likely going to die as a result. 13 or 14, exactly. depending, depending on its boarding shot channel. Like, right, right. I would, like yeah. to, I would like to rephrase like my never infiltrate. Yeah, uh, usually don't infiltrate, but mm -hmm. I'm running, uh, a if I'm running like a group two fide, I, like yeah. I do, and uh, it might not have the orders. Uh, mm -hmm. So sometimes like if you identify the key mm -hmm. piece, that is well hidden and deployed, like well deep, like on the on the rooftop, uh, like surrounded with mines and stuff. It is good to just hard roll, like prone, like within a millimeter of it. Yeah, I I have rolled against things like bolt snipers and stuff before. I've just thought I really can't be bothered to deal with this any other way. Which is maybe laziness on my part, but no, this like... is like seventy five percent chance that your game will be easier. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I would only do it as a Hail Mary if I thought I was gonna lose without it. But, if, the, if if that piece is gonna win the game for my opponent, uh then sure. Otherwise no. 
25 percent chance to waste the 27 point model is too much for me like mm -hmm. if i take mm -hmm. sometimes yeah. if i take yeah. two fee days for example in assassins or sometimes in vanilla hack uh, mm -hmm. because of weird options uh, then yes i will roll one fee day if i need to uh because like there is less opportunity lost cost uh, uh and uh um, yeah sometimes sometimes those plays just open the table a lot sometimes uh, yeah. You, yeah but you just just have to identify uh if it's something you really need to do because yeah. yes if you fail then yeah, you don't have the means to do it and yeah. the table will be locked for you permanently i i think but, i agree with the general advice that you should almost never do it and, oh, yeah almost, never do yeah. it never do it or if you're going second never mm -hmm. yeah um, Gambit, did you want to come in with a new player hint or something to add to this? This, you know, you're just starting out with hack. What, what are we looking for? That kind of thing. Well, build, building on the fide thing, I think it, it's worth mentioning an alternative before you take the plunge and roll to get out that sniper. Remember, you can instead deploy in front of the sniper, peek a corner so you don't quite see the sniper, drop a mine with your fide, especially if it's core linked with six cents, because then surprise doesn't matter. Anyways. Yep. yep, yep, that's true. Um, or if it's just it's going to beat you, right? Like, um, say it's Atalanta, and you don't want to fight her with or without surprise, uh, but drop a mine, and then come Templator, and sure, she's going to kill you in return, but now she's taking three saves, right, from the mine and the uh, and your key shotguns, and, and she's going to survive that. I think that's, probably, that's usually going to be better odds than the 75% odds of passing the infiltration roll. Probably, yeah. So so we've spoken about layering up defenses as Hackers Lam, using your repeaters, your jammers, things like that. We've spoken about using for days, generally not rolling, going for one target. Um, um, Queen's Gambit, did you want to add anything else about sort of a general thing to look out for with Hack? Um, you know, maybe just a, a quick tip or anything like that? Sure, I'll give another shout-out to the, the bikes. Uh, I think our bikes are the best cheap warbands in the game by far, and it, it, it takes a while to kind of figure out just how good they are, but Dogged is one of the best skills in the game. Templates are incredibly good, and movement skills are incredibly good, and what, new players, I think, may be looking at Fides as that Alpha Strike piece. I think the bikes do the things that you think a Fide will do, but they do them a lot better. Um, yeah. Dogged gives you twice as many attacks, right? Like, in, in many cases, you're literally getting twice as many hits in before you die. Um, Zulek has got better guns than the Fide. Um, Zulek has got better CC than the Fide. Samira's kind of the wrong thing. Um, e even a regular Kroom. Like, I never take them because I'm taking Zulek as Samira, but if, if they weren't there, the, the light shotgun Kroom biker is amazing too. Dogged, light shotgun, smoke. Um, no shock immunity is the big yeah big that's the loss there but, um, <laughs> but so yeah yeah. I guess my hint for new players is everything you want a fide to do before you do it think mm. about whether you can do it with Zuleika mm. instead yeah there, there are a couple of really really good missile pieces in Hack Islam what I mean by missile piece is something where you pick one target you put your missile unit you know a, against it and you just you fire it off and you see what happens and like for days an example of that you put it in front of a unit and you send it after it and if it hits you'll probably kill something if it doesn't you know it, it doesn't work and the bikes do that as well tremendously because they're so cheap 
they have dogged, so they can even take a hit and keep going. And if they do reach the target, it dies. They're like, it's just over. <clears throat> so, uh, there is something to say about, like, if you deploy the bikers, then they will have some aero presence overlooking them. If they don't, then the bikers will just get to them, like, in a silly amount of time. And yeah. if they do deploy something overlooking them, then you have targets for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but you have to, like, pick your pieces, like, for gunfighting. If they yeah. deploy attack, looking them, then you better have something to fight attack. Yeah, so... Some, one of the things to do as a hacker's lump player is to get into this sort of um, putting the opponent into uh, a position where they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't, right? So if, well, they, if they leave an ARO piece... Tries. Yeah, that, I mean, that's one of the best ways to play the game, right? So if mm-hmm. the opponent puts an ARO piece against Zuleika, your biker, then you know you want to make sure that you can then kill that with now for an Asawira. And then if the opponent doesn't put an ARO piece there, then... You know, Zuleika moves into their deployment zone and starts doing doing whatever it is that she does. So, um, and Hack does this really well though because our cheap warbands, our cheap CC units, are really, really exceptional. They're terrifying. And something else yeah. about all of them is they're stronger than they should be defensively. Like you can run Zamira or Zuleika up, kill something, and then just stay in a corner where if they see you, you have mimetism and you're throwing smoke. If they come around the corner, you're dropping a flamethrower on them. So often it's better uh, not to push it if it's going to cost too many orders or it's unlikely that you can get something Mm -hmm. and just leave them as a potential threat in the future that they absolutely have to deal with or you will the next turn go and get more things. The same thing with a fide. If you leave a fide in impersonation two, whatever the better one is, uh, that can be a nightmare for your opponent. If at the end of your run, you killed your one thing and put them back into impersonation, they mm-hmm. have to spend orders to go try to discover you. And if they fail, then no, no harm to you. And if they don't go after you, then you have that attack all over again. So that's another very useful skill when you're starting out with Hawk is to, and same thing with like Asweer or Mukhtar, if you just leave them in the midfield somewhere, they're still hard to kill. And then the next turn they can go start over again. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, there is, is a good uh, line like, "How would you answer A?" Uh, I would, yeah, I think that's very helpful. So for a strong warband, I would consider uh, Chimera, Uberfall Commando, a strong warband on like Zuleika or something. Uh, how would you answer that? Jammers. Um, generally, like Jammers and the Nadir for me. I think the Nadir is really good against the warbands and stuff, but Jammers will do it too if they do reach your deployment zone. Yeah, attack. Yeah. Strong warband, I thought bears and yeah, I know you don't yeah. know you're shooting the bear, but the jammer will do it. Yeah, the jammer will do it definitely. Uh, answering tags, um, it's really rough answering tags for hacking. a lot of factions, but I think hacking. We have good hacking yeah. presence generally. Yeah, for days can kill a lot of tags over or orders mm. if you can get them without anything else seeing them. So or, like my, okay. yeah. yeah, my so answer like is the, the sisters. Yeah. The sisters yeah. can do it. Sisters definitely, and then reactively, if you go second, then just your repeaters and Hunza could deploy it forward with repeaters yeah, to empower your hacking. One one of the things that I've started to do as well, which sort of indirectly answers a tag, is um, 
you know, if they do move out into the open, you can try to FO them with a Nadir, and then you can maybe oh, guide yeah. them, like, afterwards. I, a lot of tags have um, guided minus six, so it's not amazing, but you can do it. You can do it. Yeah, the thing you have to remember is, like, if you FO a tag, yes, it uh, opens the guided, but it also empowers the hacking, so then the total control is on a 17, not a 14. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Does, does targeted actually uh, work against comms attacks? Because I hadn't considered yes. it, but if it does, that is insanely good. It yeah, is. okay, cool. Uh, so I, I've been using FO on the Nadir to make my surprise IR shots hit on a 19. No one wants to have a Panzerfaust hitting them on a 19, right? Mm, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, if it does hacking as well, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, imagine if the attack comes around the corner on your camo marker and the camo marker uh, is in zone of control and just drops a repeater and then a deer reveals and forward observes it. Yeah, that's uh, really the frustrating. The attack needs to, doesn't, cannot really afford to kill the Hunza put. It needs to spend the second movement skill to move away. It has to, otherwise it's stuck, isn't it, by that repeater? Um, so how do we handle um, stronger heavy infantry with six cents, things like that? Like, what, what do we do about that kind of uh, thing? Like, if they push into you, then Hacking and Zuleika. If they are in their deployment zone, oh, how do you answer that? Like, you have to go for them, but a FIDE would really not be... Enough. Yeah, yeah I, I probably wouldn't go after them in the deployment zone, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. You have to, like, if if there is a like heavy infantry fire team defensively, for example, I don't know, like uh, Aleph, like Dream Team, uh, like the, 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 the Steel Phalanx, uh, Big Boys or something, uh, or like uh, uh, Invincibles, heavy, uh, heavy infantry team in the deployment zone. Um, I will most likely go for the other pieces, uh, like uh, the outlying stuff. Yeah, uh, strip orders. Strip orders yeah. is always a good answer. And then <laughs> advance uh, the pieces for later. So like uh, the advancing the Hunzakut or even Flash Plus, but like if there is no line of fire, just mm. uh, in front of them so that they have a repeater uh, mm. before they but... go into the middle. But the take-home message here, if you're a new player listening to this episode and you've just started Hackers Lamp, go to your LGS right now and get a box of the Nazarova sisters. <laughs> go home, yes. assemble them, and start putting them in your lists. Uh, yes, and uh, try to assemble them, cry, cry again, <laughs> cry, throw them away, buy another box, and then assemble them again. You're not wrong. Yeah, those I've old bikes. Samira's arm four times. <laughs> Uh, um, okay, and then I think the last thing that I put on this is an MSV sniper, so like a Kamau or Atlanta or something. Like that, that's a fidei. A yeah. Yeah, you hope your fidei sticks to landing. Mm. Or fidei in a mine as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, put but the I mean, mine down. Yeah. But it's worth saying it's MSV snipers are, I think, Hack's biggest weakness. Like, that's the big one right there. The other things on yeah. the list we have good answers. MSV sniper is what you're struggling. Like, we don't have good answers. We have the FIDE, and it's not a great answer to the MSV sniper. And option two is if you have a smart missile to run your Hunziku at it. Yes, that's a very good option. If it discovers you, you forward observe it. You'll be two dice on 11s, most likely. That's 80% chance to stick. And if not, you run up to it and drop a repeater. And missile is not very efficient, but you absolutely have to kill those MSV snipers. That's an irregular order. 
that's an irregular order to do. And yes, and you absolutely have to remember that if they discover, you just follow them. So that's the crucial part. Just don't, just don't uh, uh, stick just to the repeater. I've I've had really miserable games against Atlanta and Kamal that uh, things like that, and they can they can really do a number on hack because you've got a lot of mid range gunfighters, you've got a lot of smoke, and obviously neither of those things work against an MSV sniper. But the fide works, and you can always suicide the Hunzika in, try and get the FO or the repeater down, and then do some uh, guided bullshit um, and see if that sticks. Cool. So, yeah. what does Hack Islam do on an open table? Like, cry. Cry. Yeah. Cry. cry. Uh, use a lot use of cautious move. Use a lot of cautious move. Just your camo specialists uh, like Hunzas and like others uh, that deploy in the mid, like to move around. Uh, and actually, to be fair, we have a lot of smoke. So, if they don't have MSV AROs, we're actually all right. Yeah, that's like, fine. we do have smoke. <clears throat> Yes, uh, just bring the smoke because, like, uh, what I found is uh, just one sister is not enough for smoke. So you have to have another uh, piece, uh, be it like a boarding shotgun Gazi with jammer to do both rows or like something else because you need them in your pairs pieces. And uh, remember, your fide also has smoke. Yeah, if if it all goes wrong, you can smoke with a fide. It's not it's not yeah. an efficient way, and it's not a good way, but it's a way. Well, actually, to be honest with you, one of the things that I've done before with a fide that is very efficient is to smoke the ARO piece itself instead of your approach to it. Yes, yes. Um, so if the fide just throws smoke yeah. on the but ARO still, piece, then you've got the table. But still, it's an it's a regular order as opposed to like impetus order. That's true, so that's, and it's and you can still fail, and then you have to spend yeah. another order to reimpersonate. Yeah, it really uh, sucks so, if yeah, you have to do inefficient. that. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last question of the podcast is, what does Hack do on a closed table? Well, we're oh. quite happy. We we yeah. sing yeah. the praises. We're happy. Yeah. We're is happy. anyone better than Hack on a closed table? Maybe Ariadna. Uh, Maybe. Uh, cool. Mm. Have Have we covered everything? Have we done the the whole thing? Uh, well, we didn't do the one thing, like rename the podcast to Whip Whip Sixteen. <laughs> well, maybe I will call this episode Whip Sixteen. Um, yeah. in honor of Saladin cool well I think that's it so we've covered lists we've covered lesser picked units we've covered some strategies um, that's it from me so um, thank you so much to Pajan and Methuselah and Queen's Gambit for coming on it's been amazing uh, it's been a longer episode as well so I hope people find it useful um, and if there's nothing else I think that's it for now yeah thanks for having us cool. thank you so much see you yeah. Salam Aleikum mm-hmm.